Greetings, dear listener. Before this week's show starts, I'd just like to mention that Effectively Speaking has started to contribute to Neozaz's Patreon goodies. As a thank you for supporting the continuation of Neozaz, there's a whole range of bonuses that are on offer for Patreon subscribers. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Neozaz to see what they are. And right now, the first of this show's specials is out. Top 3 Craft features the co-hosts listing their favourite vehicles, ships or craft, with points awarded to their placings and a final tally at the end. If you'd like to find out which craft come out on top, subscribe now and help support Neozaz. Thank you very much. Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Tim Spaulding to discuss the party scene in Spawn. Ship to ship. Hailing frequencies open, sir. Hello, Tim. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back. It's been a while since you were last on the show. It has. I'm, I'm trying to remember what was the last. What was the last thing we did? It I, was I, Judge Dread. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Now it's going to be interesting on this. On this one, I mean, that was quite uh, 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 a mediocre score. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see if uh, you are Mr. Mediocre. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and also this. This is a first for the show in that this is the first time I've not actually seen the subject before sitting down to research it. I've never actually yeah. seen Spawn before. Oh man. Well, I mean, I don't know if that if you're lucky or if you're if you're deprived. Well, it's, I have uh... seen it now and uh <laughs> yeah, lucky I think is the right word. What's your, what, what what's your take on the whole film? What's your background with Al Simmons? <clears throat> well, Growing up, I uh, I enjoyed the Spawn comic uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, it, it started in '92. I remember meeting Todd McFarlane uh, at this before comic conventions got got huge the way they are now. You had a few big comic conventions in the in the United States, but they tried to start one in Philadelphia called Comic Fest, and only ran for one year. And Todd McFarlane was there. And I had to wait in line for hours to get him to sign my spawn number one. Um, so I, I, I know I, at least for the first, let's say, sixty issues of Spawn, I know the story very well. Right. Uh, so I was a big fan of Spawn, and I was excited that they were making a movie about Spawn um, because it, 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 he is an interesting character, and there was a lot of potential for. Um, for great visuals and a great story. And then the movie came out. <laughs> right. Thank, thanks for today, Tim. See you all next week. <laughs> <laughs> but it, mm. it, it, it is, it is one of those things where sometimes, sometimes be careful what you wish for, because sometimes mm. you, 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 you might be disappointed in the final product. But I, I, I do remember at the time that it came out, I remember 
thinking it was not a great movie, but I remember enjoying it when it came out uh, at the time because there was enough in it when I was 21 years old when it was released. There was enough in it that I enjoyed um, yeah. to, to say that it wasn't a waste of time. Yeah, but also, I mean, if you sat through the comic up to 60 issues, you were a bit of a fan as well. So, you yeah. know, you've got that. I mean, I, I I bought the comics, but I don't think I lasted more than about 15 or so. I mean, I, I mainly I bought it because I liked Todd McFarlane's work. He had done some work on Spider-Man and the Hulk, hadn't he? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I liked his, his uh, uh, style. But I don't know, there was just something about the actual comic. I didn't really warm to it. I, I think I got maybe the first 10 or 15 and, and then gave up on it. Um, and then when the film came out, I never saw it in the cinema because, you know, the cinema I was working in never had it. I don't know even if... I haven't really looked into it. But I don't know if it got a UK theatrical release. I know we hmm. certainly didn't have it. And I certainly didn't want to pay money to go and see it. I mean, a lot of the films I, I've, I've seen in my life, you know, I was being paid to watch them. And when you're talking yeah. about, you know, Annie or Care Bears the movie, I mean, that's the only <laughs> way you would get me to watch these things. But no, I never saw it. And I can't ever remember ever seeing it on TV. Um, so, yeah, as I say, this is the first time I've, I'd ever seen it. Oh, well... Hmm. It's right. I, I yeah. I mean, we'll 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 talk about that because uh, yeah, I have I've got I've got things to say. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that's a nice short preamble. So let's get into the clip, um, and then we'll go from there. All right. Yep. You. What's the matter, Jason? You don't recognize your own handiwork. You left me to die in that biochem plant. Remember? Simmons! You sent me to hell, Jason! I'm here to return the favor! Right, at this point in the film, Al Simmons, he's been sent back from hell, um, transformed into Spawn to get his revenge on his boss. Um, everything I saw up until now, I mean, I haven't read the Spawn comics for, well, it must be decades. I, I, in fact, I'm not even sure if I've still got them. That's how often <laughs> I seek them out. But I seem to remember this is quite uh, faithful to the comics, isn't it? The the plot line, is it not? Certain certain aspects of it are, are very faithful to it. Uh, and then there were certain changes they had to make for legal reasons and for, I guess, uh producer notes right so but but in in general it 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 is a it is a rather faithful adaptation of spawn with a few exceptions right i mean i because i i I didn't really want to seek the film out when it was out i'd never really read anything about it um so it was a surprise to me when i started watching this that Martin Sheen is the bad guy. <laughs> the yeah. Martin Sheen is in this with the weirdest goatee I think I've ever ever seen. Yeah, there. I guess that was the official nine, late nineties villain look was to have a dark hair with a dark sculpted beard. Mm. Um, 
I think that I think uh, honestly, I think that was the official the official villain look at the time. Everybody, everybody, they wanted everybody to look like Hans Gruber. I think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. That, that that's a very good um, comparison. Yeah. That's exactly what they're going for, aren't they? But it's Martin Sheen, Apocalypse Now, <laughs> Martin Sheen. You know, Badlands, Martin Sheen, and oh dear. <laughs> so, the nineties so were the nineties were very unkind to certain great actors of the seventies and early eighties. Um, and then, and then you know, he sort of went he sort of went through that period. Like, let me just look here at at that time frame. Yeah, he. I mean, he was he was not doing he was not doing the best work of his life around the time that he did uh, around the time that he did Spawn. It wasn't until a couple of years later that he that he got the West Wing, and then he sort of came back. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. And, and found his found his way back to the popular <laughs> getting good roles. I should say, like the Get Departed back into the light. Like yeah, yeah, blimey. Yeah. So, so this was, was sort of, I guess, of a lower, a lower period in terms of quality, where he was still getting a lot of work. I'm just looking here at IMDb, and uh, he was still getting a lot of great work. It's just he was, um, he was in stinkers as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this sequence is the party sequence, and you know <laughs> the sequence starts with that tote. I, my, my jaw hit the floor. Well, my jaw hit the floor when I saw Martin Sheen and that goatee. <laughs> it, it slowly came up again. And when we got to this party sequence, it clanged back down on the floor where you get that total and utter ripoff of the skylight scene from Tim Burton's first Batman film. Yeah. I mean, the way that was framed, it's absolutely identical to Burton's Batman, isn't it? The way that it, skylight crashes, the way the glass comes down, even the reactions of the party yeah. goers, it's it's identical. You could tell that they were definitely inspired by <laughs> the only the really the only other popular uh the only other really successful superhero movie before that was the first two Batman movies or mm. first three Batman movies. So that that's that's really all that they had to really work with. Um and this is New Line, which is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. So I'm sure they were getting they were getting notes yeah. saying, "Hey, why can't you make it look like this? He's got a cape, you know. Batman's yeah. got a cape, but the same character." I'm thinking maybe this Spawn film. I mean, you know, Tim Burton. You know, he he did the gothic look to Batman, which works in Batman. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of the latest DC films, which are so just so dark and grim. You know, mm-hmm. um, and Spawn is on that way to that, isn't it? You have the the gothicness of the Tim Burtons, which were huge films, and everyone started copying that. And Spawn is on yeah. that journey towards what we've got now with the Man of Steels and the Justice Leagues, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean that's a whole other conversation. But yep. they basically what. <clears throat> What Warner Brothers looked at, uh, I think, when they were making these movies is, well, everyone loves Batman, so and Batman's dark, so let's make everything dark. I mean, mm. granted, it hasn't come out yet, but I'm sure Aquaman is going to be dark. It's like, come on, it's Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this many, many times, but, you know, to me, if I, if I want to go and see a super, uh, superhero film, I want to sit mm-hmm. in that theater for like two hours and escape from the really crappy world out there right now and forget about it and go into another world. I don't need a reminder of how dark <laughs> the world can be, you know, With, which is why I really liked Thor Ragnarok. I love yeah. Thor Ragnarok, you know? 
Well, this one, I mean, this one works. This one should be dark. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think it needs to be as dark as they made it in terms of. I'm talking actual visual look. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 this one, I mean, with the, you know, the guy, the guy dies, he goes to hell. He's brought back as a, as basically technically a demon. He's, yes. uh, he, he, he is, so he's brought, he's brought back to lead hell's army. So it, 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 and he, and he's, he's fighting other, he's fighting other demons. He's basically fighting the devil at some point, the Malbosia. So I, this, I can, I can see the, where the darkness came. It's this movie was just so dark that like, it, it, it at times is hard to see. Mm. Uh, it's so dark. It's like the screen might as well just be a black screen. Um, Sometimes that's, that's something we're just about to talk about. I, I would have preferred yeah, a black screen. Yes. So I, I, I that the the tone of the film doesn't bother me um, so much as as certain other aspects of it. Yeah. Well. Well. Let's talk about that then, because yeah, he crashes through the skylight, and as he mm-hmm. does so, his cape starts to unfurl. Now, yeah. where 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 to start with this? <laughs> because I mean, first up, it seems to be like a metallic fluorescent red, and it doesn't in any way resemble any sort of material that no. exists you know <laughs> now that's okay because he's as you say he's a demon from hell you know so you know whatever material his suit and his cape are made of it hasn't got to have a grounding in reality because it's from another realm i get that mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like anything does it it's just red on the screen yeah and uh it's it, it's 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 red it doesn't they're they're trying to show that it has dimension they're trying to show that it has depth but the technology just wasn't there yet uh they were just a few uh, they were just a few years away from being able to really replicate a, a a cloth uh waving like that uh in in a in when it comes to like interacting with its surroundings in a close-up environment, the, the the effects just weren't quite there yet. Yeah, uh, I think actually, I'll, I'll say I'll say I say weren't quite there. They weren't they weren't there by a long shot. No, <laughs> I I think the downfall of these guys is they're trying to be faithful to the comic, and normally that's not mm-hmm. a problem. But in this case, Todd McFarlane, I remember in the comics, he always drew the cape like it was animated. It was always moving and swirling yeah. around him. And they're trying to emulate that and copy that. But as you say, the technology wasn't there quite to do that. So it moves wrong. It grows wrong. It goes round people like, you know, red smoke, except it doesn't look like smoke. It's really just... Ugh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the and and I and I watched it last night and I rewatched the a clip of it today, and it's it looks like it's supposed to be going around people, but the the like the real world physics wasn't quite there, so it kind of looks like it's cutting through mm. Martin Sheen at times, where it it just it it looks like they they didn't take r- reality into play. Uh, you know, well, there are physical beings here, but this cape is just kind of just sort of phasing through them. Which, you know, if 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 they explain that, fine. But you could tell that 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 wasn't the intention. The intention was that it was a physical thing that wasn't just ghosting through people. 
No, you know what it reminded me of? When you look at, say, the uh, the making of documentaries on the Star Wars prequels where everything's yeah. a, green sc- a green screen and the people were standing in front of a green screen. It looks like those people were just standing in front of a red screen, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the, those, those, um, those effects really nowadays, I mean, they, they, spent, they spent millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on those effects in 1997. But those are that's 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 previs level now. That's the kind yes. of stuff that they that they quick mock up for you know a thousand dollars, and and that's that's what they do now when they when they want to uh, animate a storyboard of something. Yeah. So it's that's that's kind of that's kind of where that where that 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 effect is gone. Where that I mean that was in the trailer. That was that scene. That shot was a huge selling point for the movie, mm. and. Um, and now, now that's, that's, I mean, that's, you have, you probably have kids in elementary school that are coding better capes than yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what could have improved it. I mean, this was 1997. It's only two years away from, um, Sam Raimi's first Spider Man. And that, that mm-hmm. film set the, uh, trend carried right through to Man of Steel and everything where superhero costumes now have to have patterning, don't they? Tiny little. Yeah. You, you know, embossed details in the color. If there was something in there to just break it up a bit, rather than it just being this like airbrushed red, just clumsily moving everywhere, that might have mm-hmm. helped. There were some uh, shots of the cape later on that worked a little bit better. Uh, there was one where the the cape kind rather than him swinging his way around like Spider Man does. I think I think even in the comic books, I think he uses some kind of rope. The, I think when he's escaping that uh, the party after he's outside and in and using the yeah, cape when to he's hide the himself, the, that that doesn't look as bad when he's on the wall, and when you see the cape kind of flying him away to mm-hmm. his you know his his spawn cave, um, it it for 1997 that semi worked because mm-hmm. it was at a distance. You weren't. It wasn't close up. It wasn't interacting with other characters. And actually, when it took the corner, they they took the time to animate some shadow on the wall. So it it yeah. actually made it feel like it was a real world character, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but it, here it's in bright bright uh, yeah. light, isn't it? it? All those things are at night, and it's in shadow, like you say. So that helps it. But no, 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 no. This is a a truly duff <laughs> moment. Um, but he lands, you know, um, the cape, his chains and mask go back inside him, um, totally unconvincingly, you know, because, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and he has his face off with Martin Sheen and Martin Sheen's odd goatee there. Um, <laughs> and the next, the, the, the next effects thing, uh, again, really dates it. I mean, he gets shot a few times, doesn't he? As he's like leaving yeah. the room. And they do try to do a, a T one thousand recovery on the on the bullet holes, and they, they they seem to be just like hovering in front of him. That you you don't feel for one second that those bullet holes are actually part of his. Outfit. Yeah, no, and I and I noticed that last night. It's been it's been probably fifteen sixteen years since I've seen Spawn, and I was like, oh my god, mm. look at that, look at that. It's it, it's and then and again it was like. That that was supposed to be a big moment in the film because like damn yeah you know, it was a, it was it's supposed to be a moment like like the audience was supposed to laugh and and be like oh and get behind it but it just 
it just didn't work. Um, right. it, 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 I, I think, I think what, I think in the end, the, what the, what the big issue was, it was, they, they wanted to make a low budget movie, but they, I think they still wanted to somehow get those big budget effects. And, mm. you know, when you have, if you're if you're throwing a a little bag of money at someone who's able to do great work, that 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 other they're not going to put the resources behind it. They're not going right. to say, okay, well we're going to give you a hundred of our best men. It's like, no, we're going to tell tell us tell us what you want, and we'll we'll give you what you pay for. Yeah. And I think I think that's what happened because ILM did do a lot of the shots. There were a lot of other effects companies that worked on this, but ILM was the main. Yeah was the main company we'll be talking about that in behind the scenes but i think you've perfectly encapsulated it there if they had had the budget to do it and the time to do it these things would be better but you know rushed special effects always look bad rushed cgi special effects look even worse you know and and this is exactly what we've got here haven't we you know but anyway he has his face off with the girl uh, the girl in this uh, in the latex and uh, yeah, uh, I love her, Melinda. I don't Clark. remember. Is she in the comics? I don't remember her being in the comics. No, um, in the comics, the 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 comic, um, the person that that oh, I should forget. He he was he was one of the guys in the Rob Liefeld comic. Right. Uh, the guy oh, that I saw him. something about that. Yeah, and and it's licensing rights because it was another yeah. character from Image, wasn't it? And they didn't have the, the the rights to that character, so, so they, they had to they invent had to create... another character. Oh, uh, that's her, is it? Oh, she's an invention so, because of that problem. Yeah, she she so she's she's one of the she's one of the changes. So yeah, they got they got Melinda Clark to and they created this character Jessica Priest. Melinda Clark, she was on the the OC and in the early nineties, she did a lot of like really like sexy movies and stuff. Right. So she's, right. she's like, uh, to me, I, I, every time I see her, I'm like, Oh, Melinda oh. Clark. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but, uh, but she, she gets bitten on the leg by his belt buckle. That's something I wasn't expecting the belt buckle to come out and, uh, yeah. uh grow off of his waist and, and bite her. Um, and, and I think, I think they, 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 they tried to, it, it, it didn't, it didn't work, but they tried to make it like phallic. Yeah, because See, they tried when to, I first they looked tried at to that, it, it look like yeah. A, yeah, like like a phallus coming out and biting. Yeah, if that had been his cod piece, yeah, there's no doubt <laughs> as to what that's inferring. But I didn't mind that bit because it remind because it's cheap. Um, yeah, it reminded me a bit of like a maybe an Evil Dead Two effect, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's and, rubbish, and, but you go along with it. And can you can you um, and speaking of Evil Dead Two, can you imagine if Sam Raimi had done this movie, uh, what what he could have done with that budget? Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and if like, he had gone old school, if he had, yeah, if he hadn't gone CGI, if Sam Raimi had done it and it was all practical effects, that would yeah. have been something. Yeah, uh, it would have it would have been something else. It would have been yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that girl, she's she's killed, and we get the that crappy clown comes in, um, <laughs> which is uh, what's it? I can never say his surname. John Le- John Leguizamo. Yeah. Um, who I like. I, I like him, but I couldn't abide him in this. I mean, he's one of those characters where I can feel my teeth grinding, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 and my hands ball into fists because I, I was just very irritated by him. Um, he didn't bother me. I mean, he was he he was saying a lot of bad jokes, a lot of bad puns. He even he even did like the girly man. 
impersonation. Mm. So they he was he was there to be a, a, an annoying comic relief. But so he didn't really he doesn't he doesn't really bother me. I do find the jokes unfunny, and they're and they, and and they are cringeworthy. But I don't know it for some reason it it fits the movie for me. You so know, he doesn't bother a, me too much. You know, I was astonished by is when when you know uh, he's talking to Spawn there. I close my eyes and he is doing a spot on Danny DeVito penguin voice. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Again, um, you know, they it's like okay, well, who's a diminutive villain? Oh, yeah. the penguin. Yeah. So, oh, and so, how yeah, bad? I, I do, I do think, I do think that they they took a lot from the Batman right. movies. Of course, yeah. But as you say, it's Warner Brothers, so they can. But um, the 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 penguin never did crappy CGI green farts. They they they, <laughs> they, they were they were atrocious as well. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Um, but next we get another gunfight, and he puts his mask back for this moment. I'm, I'm guessing just so, you know, you can use any old stuntman, um, and you don't have to do anything with his face. He pulls his mask on just for yeah. this bit where he does his leaps and flips, doesn't he? Yep. Uh, the, when, when he does the flip, I, uh, this is the one thing that, that really bothers me. Uh, you know, he, Al Simmons' spawn is supposed to be like this CIA assassin. In, mm-hmm. in his former life. And he he's flipping and just shooting his gun off. So he's going in the circles, just shooting his bullets off. Save your bullets, man. Bullets aren't cheap. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just, he's just he's not even shooting at anybody. He's just shooting in a circle. And it's just like, I was like, come on, man. You're you're better than this. And and, and throughout the movie, he's he's doing all sorts of stuff. He's, he's all hot-headed. He's moving left and right, not thinking. And I'm like, you're 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 a you're a CIA assassin. You're black ops. You're you're supposed to be quiet and skilled, and and you're none of this. You're none of this. No, 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 no. All right, but he gets blown out the window, and uh, his his chains shoot out uh, to save him, and he grows mm-hmm. suckers on his gloves. I don't remember that. <laughs> did, did, did he have suckers on his gloves? I don't in, think in so. I, that was that was one of those, and and that was one of those things in the movie that I, that I remember watching. On what? And the, and the suckers yeah. were making noise bloop, 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 <laughs> as he was walking up and up the 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 wall. He, he's like the burglar in the first Superman film, isn't he? You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he gets shot at by the police and everything. And uh, the last thing we see of him in this sequence, the way this sequence ends, is as you say, he wraps his cape up um, around himself, and then he disappears. And there, that at that bit. Yeah, the colours are all off still, and it's far too bright considering that's a nighttime scene up a building. But that doesn't look too bad. Mm-hmm. But it's still bad, but not as bad as what we've just seen. Yeah, it, it, yeah. this the scene. This the scene improved from the beginning. It, it is basically how it started out. We'll say we'll say we'll say the scene started out at a one, and it ended at about a four. Um, mm. Is really is really kind of kind of where it where it, it goes by uh, by 1997 standards. You see, you, you you said earlier, you know that the that scene, you know, where it starts off as a one, you know, it crashes through the window. You said that um, that was in the trailer, was it? That was that was in the trailer. That was that was a big selling point in the trailer. Was see, that? See, I don't think I've ever seen the trailer, and I'm thinking. Um, that maybe it didn't get a UK release because, you know, in the cinema, you get sent out trailers whether you're going to show them or not. You get sent them out months in advance. It's all the latest releases, and you show them, okay, before you even know whether you're going to get it or not. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I don't ever remember seeing or showing the trailer. So I'm wondering if maybe it didn't actually get a, a, a UK release. But again, emulating the first Batman, of course, that was a major part of the Batman trailer, wasn't it? You know, with the crash of the glass that yeah. came through with his cape, you know, straightening out. So yeah, they're copying Batman yet again, aren't they? Even in the trailer, I guess. Well, that's um, at the time, 1997. That's really all you all you had, and I think they, I think they were thinking Batman was still going to be on people's minds because didn't wasn't Batman and Robin out? That, that was, was 97. Those, not, uh, yeah, was that the same year? It might be. Uh, yeah, I think, year, I think it was earlier in the summer. Was Batman and Robin? So yeah. I, I, I do, I do think they were trying to piggyback on people's, Bat, mm. on people's expectations of superhero movies. By by showing those those certain uh, aspects, yeah, and of course we're we're rather deriding the the CGI effects in this superhero film, at, but Batman and Robin had some pretty duff CGI <laughs> effects in that as yeah. well, didn't it? You know, it's just 90, ninety-seven was was not was not a was not a great year for for effects movies, uh, if I recall. I'd, I'd have to look and see what the full release schedule was for 97, but 97 was not a not a great year for for big movies, uh, from what because I can remember. Isn't isn't it uh, around this time also uh, a subject you and I talked about on this show before? This is around this time. Lost in Space was around this time as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Lost in Space was 97 or 98. Yeah, um, so it is. It seems to be this is... This is a strange period of transition in CGI effects. Mm-hmm. But what I keep telling myself, um, we might as well go into, we're in behind the scenes now. We might as well talk okay. about it. But, but the, the, the computer effects in this are done by Industrial Light and Magic, as you say, right? And this is yeah. 1997. And I have to keep telling myself that Industrial Light and Magic also did the CGI effects on Jurassic Park four years before this. Yes, and and it's like it's the wrong way round. You would think, oh, <laughs> yeah, ILM did Spawn, and then they went on to do Jurassic Park, but it's not. This is four years later. You should have four years worth of progression <laughs> and development in technology. And I think, I think, it's it's not a case of oh well, ILM didn't know what they were doing or lost their way. It is what we were talking about earlier. It's a budget thing, and it's a time thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when, when, I mean, this, the, like, but let's say Jurassic Park, I don't, I don't know what it's, what it's, uh, budget was. Let's, let's say, let's say Jurassic Park's budget was 175 million. Hmm. Uh, this, I, it, it, I mean, I'm not sure what it was in 1994 dollars or 1993 dollars, but this had a budget of around 40 to 45 million. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, they're, they're, they're dealing with a much smaller budget, um, and and less ambi- in most cases less ambitious shots. So you'd think that they would put they'd really put the money behind those those big shots like the cape. But I I, yes. I I just I just don't I don't think that I don't think the technology was quite there yet for as I said earlier for fabric uh, fabric mm. movement. Um, it's the same. It's the same, isn't it? Now um, now they can pretty easily do water and fire. But mm-hmm. you go back, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago, and that, that they were the two no-nos. They, it was impossible to animate them, but they yeah. can now. But, no, I, th- I think, I think it, it's not so much, you know, a money thing. It's a time thing as well, because I know that ILM, they, they, they were given a budget to come up with their uh, CGI effects, 
And the original visual effects shot count was 77 shots. So they had a budget for doing 77 shots. But that spiraled to over 400. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out where all those shots, where where those 400 shots were, because there 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 are there are things in there that are quite obviously that's an effect shot. But I, I think I would have to sit there with a little clicker and and yeah. okay, there there there. Um, I I don't know. So, I I, yeah. I really don't know. I mean, it, it it wasn't just ILM who did this. Um, there were apparently 22 companies. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, that actually, I mean, you know now. You you I, I'm you've never said it on on, you know, uh, past the popcorn or anything. But I, I've got a feeling, Tim, that you're a credit watcher. You're someone who sits I, yeah. at the end and you watch the credits. You're one of those bloody annoying people when I was a projectionist <laughs> and it's one in the morning and you want to go home and you've got one sodding bloke sat in the middle of the thing watching to the end in case there's an after-scenes little thing and there wasn't. No, I'll tell you what I would watch for. If you watch movies from about 1985 to about 2000, when when things before things went fully digital, and you watch for the negative cutter, yes, <laughs> there were like four or five negative. There was Gary Burrett, Teresa Ropala, Muhammad. Uh, there were there were like four different negative cutters that that cut every single movie. So you we we used to at the movie theater we would say you know we'd see Gary Burrett like, Gary Burrett hey. Jerry's yeah. <laughs> Rebel Muhammad but the thing um, is I mean what, what, what I was going to say is I mean now if you watch a modern film and you watch the credits when it reaches the visual effects uh, section it, it goes on and on and on yeah. and it's one of those things where you've got about 10 lines 10 columns of names <laughs> because there's so many people per company and yeah. and this was it i mean you know apparently 22 companies they weren't only in the states but in canada and japan okay um and apparently it took 11 months to complete all the visual effects shots the film itself only took 63 days to film <laughs> but the effects yeah. were 11 months and apparently, uh, the final effect shots were delivered two weeks before the film's debut. So right. you get a feeling some of these were a bit rushed. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Um, I've also I found an explanation for why, when he crashes through that skylight, the cat, the cape looks so crap. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, because apparently mystery solved. Here it is. Here is the explanation. <laughs> well, the explanation that I could find. The shot was meant to actually be quite quick. You know, it it wasn't meant to be this long lingering thing, okay? But they decided to extend it, okay? And they extended it and made the cape bigger, all right? But the only way in the time that they could, they had to actually do this, they added close-ups of the cape and added that to what they already had, okay? Yeah. So so some of the cape rendering you were never meant to see that close up because they were just like you know cut and pasting. <laughs> this cape all the way around so it would fill the screen and it wasn't meant to have originally looked like that. Hmm. That's I, the explanation. I, whether whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's that's the one that's out there. And I'm I'm trying to I I, I unfortunately I can't I can't bring myself back to 1997 to to go into my mind and say what what did I think when I saw that. I I I, I I probably I probably was not blown away, but I probably was I probably said to myself, well, that was still kind of cool. 
Uh, yeah, but you're a probably fan. Probably what I was thinking back then. Yeah, I was a fan. I was also younger when you're, you know, when you're twenty, twenty-one years old, and you're going to see a movie like Spawn. You, you know, you, you, um, you, you kind of, and and also it, it was the nineties. We we I, I knew I knew the kind of effects that were there. So the I mean, to to us these weren't the best effects, but they were still a little cutting edge. Mm. So you you kind of you kind of accepted it as as that like you go back and, and watch some movies that you were dead set like that was real yeah and when you watch them now you know 30 40 years later I'm like oh my god what was i thinking yeah um so they i like i, I remember watching toy story um and then again this is this isn't a knock against toy story but i but it's just sort of a little tale that sort of makes you think how how your opinion changes i remember watching toy story and thinking for some reason, thinking that the kid and the mom were live action and right. the rest of the movie was animated. And now when right. I'm watching, I'm like, what were you thinking? That is clearly, that is clearly a computer generated kid. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. And, and also, I, I think you're absolutely right what you said earlier in that this time, you know, the, the, the mid 90s into the early 2000s is a time of development with CGI and they hadn't quite nailed it and they couldn't get it into a scene and make it fit properly and stuff like that because this is 97 two years later down the line we've got the mummy um which i really yeah. like i really like the mummy but you look that at that now and it's like oh it's like a playstation game or so a playstation one yeah. game isn't it you know that well, and, and dates you, very very quickly and you watch uh, the scenes with the with the the, the devil the Malbosia. And that looks like something out of a PlayStation game, a PlayStation One game. It's the teeth that got me on that. Yeah. It's like a, this. This isn't convincing in the slightest. Do you know that quote or, uh, about the difference between old school, like, like say King Kong, original King Kong era stop motion animation and modern CGI? Have you heard about this quote? I think it. Mm, it per- I don't know. It perfectly sums it up. Uh, basically, stop motion. It looks fake. But it feels real. But CGI looks real. But it feels fake. Ah, oh. that's brilliant. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, there's something cold about it. There's something where mm. where you can tell that there's there's very little life behind what it is because it yeah. is. It, yeah, you it, watch it, King it is Kong. Zeros yeah. and ones. You watch the original King Kong, you watch a Ray Harryhausen film, and you know that stop-motion animation. The original King Kong, his fur is rippling because Willis O'Brien has left, you know, fingerprints in his fur. But it's got a charm to it, and you know that somebody has created that. They physically made it, whereas CGI, it's cold. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's a very good way of putting it. It's just cold. But but when it's done right, it is fantastic. And and I think we've... I mean, if 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 you continue doing this this show for twenty years, and we and we go go back and talk about, say, like Battle for the Planet of the Apes or the 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 new one of the new Planet of the Apes movies, mm. you know, I, I I see these Planet of the Apes movies that that came out this these past couple of years, and I'm just like, that is a real ape to me. Yeah. Uh, it, and so I think I think we've got to a level with CGI where it is there is a warmth to it when it's done correctly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- we we finally hit that point. I would say in the last five years, we finally hit that point where it is 100% believable now. In yeah. in a lot of ways, not every not every way. There's still 
there's still areas that they're improving and 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 will improve in 10 years from now we'll say oh my god did you see that scene that was so bad but you know yeah it's the application isn't it i mean i mean you say the apes films correct i mean another one that i always think about is uh mad max fury road there was a ton of cgi in that but at no point do you go that's cgi you know it was there to To me that movie looked like it was 100 percent practical effects Mm. yeah uh i'd have to watch it again i could probably point out digital but uh, for me it always seemed that's it was like everything is practical those flames are real everything is real yeah Yeah, um when it when it comes to fabric though i think I think the turning point for believability in fabric actually started with m- maybe with um, uh, Re- Revenge of the Sith with General Grievous with his mm-hmm. cape yep. and the rendering of that. I, I remember seeing uh, they called it they called it uh, a, a blooper footage where uh, it was a it was an effects thing that John Knoll hosted at one of the Star Wars celebrations where he said that they they set the calibration for the cape. So that you know, it would it would have a certain level of density or whatever. So it right. so it would move. And he said that he's he said that they set it at the incorrect incorrect level, and they let it cook overnight. They you know they they hit they hit enter, went home, came back the next day to see what they had. And he said he came back the next day and he showed us the scene of this cape that was like it was like a hot air balloon. Um, <laughs> so. So I, 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 I it, and I, and I've never, I've never seen that. I've never seen that clip since. So it's, it's, it's possible that that was a genuine flub on ILM's level on, right. on, on, on ILM's part. Cause I've never seen that clip anywhere else. And maybe it's on YouTube somewhere. So that, that, that makes me think that, that, you know, they started these, these fabric things like before that, maybe they could do flags and small things like that. Um, and it just had to do with, you know, calibration, you have a, you have a little knob that goes zero to a hundred right. and on that, they're like, well, let's start at three and then let's move it up to five. And then, <laughs> so, and they really, they were happy at 15. Okay. 15. Right. Right. Yeah. Blimey. I, I mean, that's another thing about CGI, isn't it? I mean, it's because the technology is always developing in and the demands are always more and more and more, you know, it's not the same thing that it was five years ago. Whereas, yeah. you know, when you know you've got uh, Nick Park doing his, you know, Wallace and Gromit films, mm-hmm. the technology he's using and everything about it is exactly the same as what Ray Harryhausen was doing in the 50s and 60s, and it's exactly yeah. what Willis O'Brien was doing in the 30s and the 40s. It's exactly the same, just the cameras have changed, you know, whereas CGI is developing so fast and so quickly now. I don't know how they keep up. I don't know if, <laughs> if if these guys at ILM and Lucasfilm they have to p- keep going away on training courses to learn about the new bit of you know software that they have to you know study et cetera et cetera. I I'm I'm sure they do. I'm sure those guys have to go through quarterly trainings mm-hmm. uh, the, at at these at these different places. Um, so yeah, and, and you know, and then and and you and you get you get different companies that. That are able to create something fantastic, and all of a sudden that becomes the like. I remember everybody was like, "Oh, ILM's in the past, Weta is in the future," and then Weta made these made the Hobbit movies, and everybody's like, "Oh, they've gone downhill. ILM is in, is is now the now, the now <laughs> in the future. They're back to being in the future." So, mm. yeah. All right, okay. Well, here we come, Tim. The <laughs> rating. This uh, is has this been easy? to rate or not it's just this sequence not the whole film but just the the party scene 
Uh, so how, how, how are we rating this again? This is where one is, it. one is the worst that okay. you've ever seen. And 10 is the best that you've ever seen. This is definitely down near the bottom. I would probably have to put this. Dang. I would probably have to put this at, at a, at a two, honestly, if I, right. yeah, probably at a two. All right. Well, I thought you might go low, and I'm going low as well. And and I'm even harsher than you because um, I just think it's dire. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate that they were rushed, you know, and maybe they didn't have the budget to do it. But you know, we're judging this on how effective the effect sequence is, and it's just dire. So I'm giving it a one. All right, hey. which gives it an average of one and a half. Okay. Um, I was kind of expecting you to give it a one, um, and you didn't. So it's a one and a half. So it's it's half a point higher than Dick Jones's <laughs> death in RoboCop. Right? <laughs> so it's not it's not. And, at and the honestly, I, I I would have to say that that it is it is it is slightly better than that. I mean, if if you if you really have to think about it, I mean, would you would you honestly say that that it's that it's that is not just a tiny bit better than Dick Jones' great. Yeah, uh, death. yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, because Dick Jones is one. It's just there. There are no redeeming qualities to it, <laughs> and and at least in this sequence, there are other bits in it. Whereas Dick yeah. Jones, it is just him falling away with his massive arms, isn't it? So, <laughs> all right, okay, one and a half it is, um, and I'll slot that in. All right. Now, before before we we put the nail or put the pin in this and it's done, uh, or or nail its coffin or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> there are there there is the fight sequence with the violator that happens later on in the movie, mm-hmm. and that sequence is not bad. That actually because that that has a mix of digital and practical effects, and it is a, it is it is somewhat effective as a fight scene. So for those who, who are listening who have never seen Spawn and just want to watch, you know, this scene, watch do, do yourself a favor, watch the whole movie. I mean, it's 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 a terrible movie in general, but watch the whole movie because there are a few scenes in this movie for for effects for people who have an eye for effects that are actually kind of cool. Uh, but again, not great, but kind of cool, and and I think the fight sequence is kind of cool. Yeah, and and they're readily available. It's not going to cost you anything. You can go on YouTube, and I'm sure it's yeah. on Netflix, and you know you can you, you can get it for nothing. So yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Well, that's it then, Tim. Thank you for today. Yes, thank you. I, I've got you in mind for um, another sequence. We'll talk about that in a minute. And um, as I say, the last couple of times we've been on here um um we've been in the five or below range i'm, I'm sure the next <laughs> time you're back on the show we're going to be a bit higher than that okay let's hope let's hope i kind of like talking about bad movies but yeah we'll uh we'll uh we'll, we'll we'll have to get we'll have to get some 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 fantastic sequences in here all right here's the thing the next one will go above five but i promise after that we'll plumb the depths again okay <laughs> okay All right. Okay, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.